What's going on guys, your boy Elroy here and welcome back to the Your Boy Elroy MMA podcast. I'm your host Josh Prep Egina, back again for one of the lighter weeks we've had in a long time. You know what I say about these weeks where there's not an event. Uh, this It stretches like this where your MMA fandom is really tested. Like a lot of the casuals don't come back from weekends like this, from stretches like this. You know, we had, we'll get into it, but we had like a semi-subpar card. We're going to have a weekend off this weekend. And then next weekend, an even more subpar card than this past weekend. But you know I'm here for it. I love fights. So with that being said, let's talk about some news from this past week. We have some news, not much, uh, in the John Jones saga in his quest for a heavyweight fight. <laughs> uh, earlier this week, we heard that he, you know, he's completely comfortable with taking the whole year off, and uh, you know, not off, but just not fighting the rest of the year and just holding on till next year. He wants, you know. Timing is everything, and this is one thing, you know, I don't agree with John Jones on much, if not anything, but one thing I do agree on is timing is everything, and for John Jones, you know, the, the timing of his heavyweight debut and, you know, his his training, everything has to come full circle for him to feel comfortable jumping in that cage at heavyweight. With that being said, there's a possibility that he may not fight in 2021 which is fine with me. You know, there's there's a ton of stuff uh, for John Jones to still work on. You know, there's there's puzzles for him to solve in the gym before solving puzzles in the octagon. So with that being said, the next piece of news we heard, because we know that John Jones had split up with his long-term management. They went their separate ways earlier this year. Um, seemingly after... You know, Dana White claiming that John Jones threw a number and John Jones saying, where'd you hear that from? You know, uh, after hearing that, that's when it became public that John Jones was no, no longer with that management firm of Malki Kawa and Abraham Kawa. Well, this week, John Jones has went to Instagram and said, I have retained Richard Schaefer as my advisor. Richard has been in the combat space for over 20 years and has put together some of the biggest global pay-per-view events over that period. The likes of Mayweather, De La Hoya, Canelo, Hopkins, Bajera, and Marquez have headlined the exciting events that Richard has promoted and produced. His knowledge and experience of the pay-per-view industry and combat sports are second to none. I am excited to embark on this next chapter of my career as I continue to cement my place in history as one of the greats with Richard as my advisor. I cannot wait to give my fans and the sport the fights they want to see. So that's an interesting move. Um, seems like John Jones is more focused on, you know, John Jones doing the fighting and you know, the the advisor takes care of the contracts. That's 
that's what he's looking for here. We heard that, you know, the last few fights, John Jones has had to negotiate himself. Um, not sure why, maybe just because the Kawas have had, you know, huge stars, like multiple superstars on their roster that I feel like maybe John Jones, you know, will just throw out the term, you know, one of the greats, John Jones, unfortunately took a back seat because the rising and stardom of, you know, fighters like Jorge, you know, and, and many countless others. So it seems like John Jones is looking back, looking to just get back to the fighting aspect, which is exciting because hopefully he can focus on that and then, you know, we'll get the fights that we want to see John Jones in. Another developing story is, you know, one of the one of the hopefuls, you know, one of one of the rising stars, we'll say, of MMA in the last we'll we'll just call it the last twelve months has been Kevin Holland, you know, with the the five fights in a in a calendar year that he fought last year. Uh just always willing to take short notice fights, you know, no matter the cause, Kevin Holland is looking to get paid and get out there and fight. Well, Kevin Holland has been on a two-fight losing streak this year so far. So we've heard the rumors of him, you know, DC has said that, you know, he's been telling Kevin Holland to come to AKA to wrestle, you know, to to train his wrestling. And we finally saw this week DC post that Kevin Holland is in San Jose at AKA training with those guys in wrestling. It's uh, something for me I'm extremely happy to see because Kevin Holland has immense potential. Um, you know, there's there's a ton of stuff that, that he's had to deal with, whether it be, you know, him having to work on his wrestling, him just being too small for the division. So hopefully... This wrestling training coupled with a drop in a weight class can help him get motivated and get back on track to be one of the UFC's rising stars once again. Um, his mouth, you know, he does a lot of talking, but I, I think that he's he's still there. I still think that I still see potential in him. He's still a great asset to the UFC. So, so I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. I don't want him to be just, you know, a what-if kind of guy. Speaking of what-if, let's talk about Jimmy Smith. You know, Jimmy Smith left Bellator, you know, early in his career. We always looked at him, and he's like, oh, this dude is just like a bootleg Joe Rogan. But he's great at his job. I thought he was a, a fantastic commentator. I thought he did really well with interviews and all that. Um, as far as a color guy goes, we saw him leave Bellator and go to the UFC. And in the UFC, you know, he was used for like videos and backstage interviews, but they never let him go into like the commentary booth. He, he never really got that chance. And from there, I believe that he was working with Invicta for a while, you know, he, he wanted to work with one championship, but the issue was, um, his dogs, I believe like he had, he had a ton of dogs 
and those dogs weren't able to go to Singapore with him, so he had to deny that. So from that time, you know, he worked a little bit in Invicta, and yesterday it was announced that Jimmy Smith would become the brand-new play-by-play commentator for Monday Night Raw, replacing Adnan Virk. Adnan Virk is somebody that Raw signed, like, I want to say like three weeks ago. You know, he he didn't get much of a run. Uh, Unfortunately, I don't think he was very familiar with the product. And we know how hard it is to commentate on Raw. You know, you're trying to talk to people while there are a hundred people talking in your ear and uh, telling you what to say. And I know it's tough and nothing against Adnan, but it just... He just wasn't a good fit for the weeks that I saw him personally on Raw. But Jimmy Smith, I think, is a fantastic addition to the WWE roster. I love Jimmy Smith. There's this energy about him. I think that he's he's just very knowledgeable of, about what he does. He does his he does his research on you know fighters and their opponents and and I just love everything about him especially in the MMA space like he was a fighter at one point he was a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt so for Jimmy Smith to join the WWE I know that he's going to put his heart and soul into it and I know <laughs> that he's going to make a ton of money and it's going to be great to see Jimmy Smith once again on weekly television congratulations Jimmy Smith We had some heartbreaking news come out from this past weekend in um, coming out of the UFC Fight Night event. Now, after the fight with Dan Hooker, you know, Paul Felder kind of gave the feeling that he he wasn't, you know, sure if he was going to continue fighting. Now, he took, after that fight in February, he took a fight in November against... Rafael Dos Anjos on short notice and after that fight he he lost that fight via split decision very very close fight um he he stated that he was reinvigorated and he's looking to come back and you know defend his ranking and after that we didn't hear too much from Paul Felder you know he had some some stuff to take care of as far as injuries we know he was he was training for for some high intensity sports um if if that's what you call it you know like marathons and stuff like that but we didn't we didn't hear much from him you know and honestly I don't even remember seeing him too much on TV as a commentator but this weekend he was commentating the event and mid fight they ended up playing a video for Alan Joban's retirement and thanking him since he was there. And then they played a video for Paul Felder. Now, this kind of like broke my heart. It, it came out of nowhere because I am a huge fan of Paul Felder. Um, you know, just being from the city and him coming, you know, from that city and being so successful, it was... You know, I was automatically a fan. Someone who reps Philly in the UFC, I'm automatically a fan of. But Paul Felder repped it to the fullest. Everybody knew who he was. Everybody knew who how damn good he was. And and he just made us really proud. Um, 
some things I just remember about Paul Felder is something that he said that he wanted to be remembered for. And, and Paul, I know, I know you're probably not going to hear this, but that's something that I'll never forget about you is that you just refuse to quit. Like you honestly were one of the most fun fighters to watch in the UFC. And I'm grateful that I got to see your career unfold before my eyes. Win, lose, or draw, I freaking rooted for you, man. You were a fantastic fighter and an even better analyst. And I'm so happy that I'm still going to get to see you on my television from time to time. I'm glad that you were able to, you know, you chose when you wanted to retire. It wasn't forced upon you. And that's a victory, man. It's like Brendan Schaub said, like, you won, dude. You beat the system. You didn't get beat, you know. So congratulations to Paul Felder on his retirement. Thank you so much for everything you did in the Octagon, man. I appreciate the hell out of you for what you were able to do. You're a damn great fighter, man. And you're an even better person. I am so thankful that you are in the combat sports space because you're a huge inspiration for me doing this podcast from my extra bedroom every day. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's worth it because I see the success of people like you from the city that I was raised. So thank you so much, Paul. Cheers to you on a successful career and a successful retirement. That was heavy. I'm not going to lie. That was getting like emotional. <laughs> uh, so we did have some a few Bellator announcements as far as main events coming up. So I think that we should go over them really quickly because there are some fun fights coming up for Bellator. So we have Douglas Lima returning June 11th against Yoroslav Amasov. That should be a great fight. That is once again in the fight spear in Uncasville, Connecticut. Co-main event on that card is Paul Daly versus Jason Jackson that we talked about a few weeks ago. Aaron Pico is on this card against Aiden Lee. So that's the so far what has been announced for that card coming in the next few weeks. Then we also have the first title defense for Juliana Vasquez. She will be facing Denise Keyholtz in the main event of Bellator 262. I believe that is July 16th. So, so far, that is the only fight announced for that card as well. And you got to believe we'll be hearing a fight for Gegard coming up pretty soon. But let's get into some fight announcements for this from this upcoming from this past week good lord <laughs> we have daniel rodriguez versus abu bakar namagamadov always have a hard time saying those first names then the return of kevin lee is upon us unfortunately for him he decided to go up to 170 once again and face my boy one of the best prospects at welterweight, Sean Brady. I can't believe this. I'm torn because I, I am a Kevin Lee fan, 
but there's no way I'm rooting for for Kevin Lee. I'm I'm betting the house on Sean Brady, man. This is a fantastic matchup. You want to talk about notoriety and name recognition? Sean Brady is about to reach another level with a win against Kevin Lee. I cannot wait to see this fight. And this is on the car on the Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier card. What a spotlight for those two. We have Ryan Hall versus Ilya Teporia. Finally, someone wants to fight that guy. Uh, we have Du Ho Choi, Du Ho Choi versus Danny Chavez. The Korean Superboy returns with a really tough matchup against Chavez. We have Brendan Allen coming in in short notice against Puna Soriano. Then the best fight announcement of the year thus far. This is ridiculous. I can't believe that I'm even really saying this. We have Max Holloway versus Yair Rodriguez, July 17th. Oh my God. What a freaking fight this is going to be. Wow. 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 I'm looking forward to this. Uh, my buddy Jeremy Castellanos, I sent him the fight announcement yesterday, and he said, bet the house on Max. I said, the only thing I'm betting the house on is that this wins fight of the night. This is going to be a fantastic war at featherweight. Max Holloway is back. Yair Rodriguez is back. He can put uh, Zabit in the back of his mind now, even though I know... You know, if by the grace of God this guy can get a victory, he's the first person he's going to call out. But this is a freaking fight if I ever seen one. Good Lord, hold my beer. I cannot wait. That is fight announcements for this week. Let's talk about Bellator 259 from last Friday. Um, In my notes, I just put it was a night of upsets for prospects and and it really was you know it was it was a tough night for Bellator you know people that they have high hopes for people like Janae Harding who gets submitted in the second round you know people like Valerie Lareda who I think did extremely well you know against Hannah Guy but Hannah Guy just proving to be too much for Valerie that was the first fight I saw on that night and it was just a really really fun fight I think that you know both these women are extremely young in their career so for me to really break this down it wouldn't even be fair I just think that you know Valerie is a stand-up fighter and Hannah Guy is a grappler and nine times out of ten the grappler defeats the striker. It's just what happens in mixed martial arts, and we saw it here. Congratulations to Hannah Guy. If I'm Valerie Lareda, I'm holding my head up high because you can't be mad at this performance. You know, she she really didn't show much defense. She showed a hell of a lot of toughness. Uh, we saw that her arm was in a sling, probably tore a few ligaments trying to fight off an armbar, but. Man, was it a fun fight. You got to give these girls credit. 
And I hope that Bellator does bring back Hannah Guy. I thought I thought that she did extremely well against Valerie. And I think that you should promote that as such and, and maybe try to try to push Hannah at that rather than, you know, kind of throwing her aside because they killed your favorite prospect. <laughs> Earlier in the night, though, I did want to talk about Danny Sabatello versus Brett Johns. I finished watching that fight before here because I thought it deserved a mention. This Sabatello kid, man, he has some insane top pressure. He, he you know, he it's not like... Khabib, that dominating pressure. Um, Sabatello's more like a backpack, like that you just can't shake off, where Khabib is a bear who's mauling you. So, if we can get Sabatello to show some type of urgency in the striking department, maybe he could be a problem. But once his takedown gets stuffed, it's, you know, we know that he's just going to keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. But chances are that someone at the high level is going to catch you. You know what I mean? So so I would like to see his game evolve a bit. I wasn't bored watching it. I was actually extremely entertained because I, I like to see those grappling matchups. Brett Johns just did not stand a chance in there. And shout out to Sabatello for really spoiling the party on the big signee from Wales in Brett Johns. Leah McCourt, I already spoke about that. Congratulations. She gets the submission over Janae Harding in the second round. Triangle choke. And then Sada Wad comes back with a vengeance against Nate Andrews. He TKOs him in the first round. Congratulations, Saad, man. He's, he's one of the good guys in the sport. Then we had a fight that I was, I was kind of torn on because I didn't want to see it, like, Austin Vanderford versus Fabian Edwards, logically, due to the rankings, it made sense because it was number three and number four. But I just feel like if these guys are fighting the two prospects, they should probably fight, be fighting for like a title or something because they're, you know, they're they're so young in their career. Both these guys, they've only had eleven fights apiece, um, and I think that they're they're really good, but. Again, like I said with uh, Danny, like I feel like these, you know, you're fighting at 185, and Gegard is is the champ. It's it's gonna be hard for someone like Austin Vanderford to do what he did to Fabian to someone with the experience and the skill of a Gegard Musasi. So more respect to these guys. I think they're extremely talented. I just think that there's still a lot of work to do for those guys. Leandro Higo gets the split decision over Darian Caldwell's return to 135. And then Chris Cyborg does what Chris Cyborg does. She defeats Leslie Smith, not in the first round, but with nine seconds left in the fifth round by TKO. Congratulations, Chris, and a great call out. How am I supposed to be the best and be scared of a cat. Looks like we're going to see Chris Cyborg versus Cat Zingano, which should be a very, very fun fight. Let's talk about the UFC fight night, Font versus Garbrandt. This was a good card. Listen, I know I, I might have sound like I gave it a hard time 
at the uh, beginning of the show. But let's be honest. On paper, this is not, you know, blowing your socks off. But I enjoyed watching it starting off (laughs) with Ben Rothwell versus Chris Barnett. This match was a lot of fun. Ben Rothwell goes back to his old ways and go-go chokes Chris Barnett in the second round. It's like once he gets that, I heard it's like one of the most miserable submission positions to be in. So good on Ben Rothwell for realizing he could get it and just, you know, starching Chris Barnett in that sense. I do want to see more of Chris Barnett. Uh, I hope that the UFC gives him another shot because he is fun to watch, Uh, you know, at a 300-pound dude throwing Superman punches. <laughs> Jack Hermanson defeats Edmund Shabazian by unanimous decision. A uh, tale of two fights, as they say. You know, we saw Jack Hermanson struggle against Edmund on the feet, and Edmund really putting it on him in that first round. And then the second and third, Edmund just could not get up. Jack is... A fantastic grappler, and he really showed it here. Edmund still has a ton of work to do, but I'm not done with him yet. I I know that he he has some skills, and I know that he can do some damage in the decision in the division. I'm sorry, but there is some work to do on the ground. It's not you know it's mixed martial arts, not striking martial arts. Fight of the night was Jared Vandera versus Justin Taffa. These guys had a three-round war, and Jared wins by unanimous decision. And my favorite performance, Carla Esparza starching Jan Zhaonan by ground and pound in the second round, just completely obliterating her. She didn't stand a chance. If this Carla was to show up in every fight, we'd never talk about another woman fighter again because this was dominant. This Carla looked like no one could stop her. This was a fantastic performance. I cannot wait to see this Carla get back in the cage. I don't care who it's against. And then in the main event, Rob Font does what Rob Font does and styles on Cody Garbrandt for five rounds. Garbrandt, I don't know if he was tired. Um, it was very, like, you could see everything that Garbrandt was trying to do. And for me, someone who's never fought martial arts or never trained any aspect of martial arts, it's it's hard, you know, for me to see those things usually. But Cody Garbrandt was so blatant about it. And Rob Font read it all and, and did a lot of damage on the feet and just boxed him up for five rounds. And it was incredibly entertaining. Congratulations to Rob Font. I love this fight. And I can't wait to see Rob Font come back and fight again. Cody, I don't know what I'd want Cody to do. He's still really young in his career. I don't, you know, we we talk about a lot of these, we call them veterans. But, you know, we only call Cody a veteran because most of his career has been in the UFC. And his ascent was so quick. I don't hate the idea of him leaving the promotion and fighting elsewhere. I don't think that's a bad idea. I think the UFC should, you know, leave on amicable terms 
and you know leave the door open. Hey, get a couple wins and come back. I don't think that's that big of a uh, of a you know deal. He's he's one and four in his last five. He had the two losses to TJ. He gets starched by Pedro Munoz, and then you know he. He crushes a sunsail, which which you know we love that knockout. It was a it was an incredible knockout, and then just gets boxed up for five rounds against Rob Font. You know, unfortunately, he's had you know a slowdown in his career because injuries and you know COVID. It is a global pandemic, but still, like I think that the UFC should just give him some time. Here, listen, man, we'll see you in a year. Go get two wins, two incredible viral wins, and then come back and you can be right back slotted where you were. I don't hate that idea because if he just, you know, it doesn't get any easier. It really doesn't get any easier in that division. He's going to have to start fighting. If he continues to fight in the UFC, he's going to have to start fighting way down to try to get his way back up. he's. I think Marab is a great opponent for him. You really want to test yourself? You got this fantastic, you know, style in boxing. Oh, you're a good wrestler too? Fight Marab. Show us how good of a wrestler you are. That's what I want to see. And Rob Font, I just want him to wait. Take a few weeks, you know, a few months off, and let's see how this Bantam weight division plays out. We have TJ... And Corey, you know, fighting in a few weeks. After that, let's see where the division lies. Let's see if Aljo can even come back this year. I think, you know, we never ask for it, but maybe there is room for an interim title here. We have a neck surgery that just happened. If any time is good for an interim, there we go. But... That was UFC Fight Night, man. I didn't hate it. I actually really enjoyed a lot of the fights that I watched. It was just, you know, not the best, you you know, the best quality that we've been used to. Like the pandemic really showed off for us. You know, we were we were watching bangers every weekend, and don't get me wrong, there were a few bangers here, but no name that'll really blow your hair back. You know, with all respect to the headliners, but that was this week's. YBE MMA will be back next week with some previews, no reviews, but a lot of news. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much for joining me on this ride. You can find me on Instagram and all forms of social media, Elroy Prepson, one word. You can find the show on Instagram at YBE MMA podcast, as well as Teespring, teespring.com slash stores slash YBE MMA podcast. If you're one of the new hundred people listening to this show, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you stick around. If it's your birthday, happy birthday. Enjoy the fights this weekend and we'll see you next week.